Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are back on deck and it has been a bloody long time. It has. It has. Not helped by the fact we lost a podcast along the way. Yes, we did. We, we lost a... Administratively lost a podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, we, it wasn't like the... Um, a long time listeners may remember when we quote unquote lost one in Geelong, which we chose not to release. <laughs> this, um, was, this was a good episode. It was just... Uh, it took too long. Yeah, by the time we got it all together, stitched all the parts together and had it ready to go, it was incredibly out of date. And so you may hear parts of that. We'll put the ranking of lagers segment from yep. there in this episode. Might steal another bit. We'll see how it, Possibly. See how long the rest of this goes. <laughs> if the quality and the uh, sobriety level rapidly changes, <laughs> then you'll know why. But um, I think, you know, for the most part, we have been around. Um, we're both married now. That's probably the main That's the difference. Biggest, yeah. The biggest change from when we last spoke. Um, which is why we uh, have not been around. Okay. Yeah, various overseas extravaganzas, yeah. weddings, yeah. Um, et cetera. It's just been busy, <laughs> I think is uh, fair to say. But we have had the podcast on our mind and certainly have been working towards stuff and I'm hopefully we'll be back more regularly. Yeah, we thought we had notes for the news, but then we went to do it and clearly we didn't. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. But we have been talking about it. We have plans. We we yes. We have um things organized and you know, I think over the next year it should be a good year for the podcast with any luck. But Fingers we'll, crossed. We'll start with today, I think. Yeah, let's get through today and then we'll see where yeah. we are. <laughs> before, where before we, we end up. too far. And starting with today, let's just go straight into news. Yeah. The biggest news of all, I think, especially for us and listeners will understand this, uh, Carlin Sellers bought by Fox Friday, which I think you'll have more to say about it than me. So I'll just quickly say, very surprising for me, both the seller and the buyer. Both the fact that they sold and who bought it. Yes, yes. And I think it's very interesting for them going forward how much influence Fox have. I'm hoping it's just a couple of Fox Friday taps, which would honestly be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're drinking a Fox Hazy Pale just by happenstance. Yeah, because Not, their uh, beer is very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their beer is excellent. Um, I do wonder how it will make other breweries feel. Yeah, true. Selling to them if they're owned by a competitor. And if they're seen as potentially favouring that it's competitor. A very fair point. I mean, one of Carwin's great strengths with its independence and lack of bias, I think. Yeah. Apart from, you know, towards barrel-aged Flemish red ales, but I mean... Like, and anything Muzzin's touched. Yeah. <laughs> but I think both of those are a good bias. Yeah, also, go- also good problems. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, they've, they've got the tuck shop up and going. It doesn't seem like anything's changed. It seems like no. the quality of events and product and so on is still really high. So, um, Yeah, everything seems... Nothing's gone wrong, as yeah. far as I yeah. can tell, anyway. Um, neither of us made it to the Monkish launch. Nope. But they... That they did move great. that back until... Yeah. I think we it only ended up it. happening yesterday. Oh, okay. We, uh, we, we had... Penciled that in to go to that, and then yeah, it was just one. You know, it's very difficult to organise things uh, multiple weekends in a row. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did at least get to drink some monkish beers. Yeah, yeah. We might mention that in the what we're drinking segment. Well, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it'll probably be one we return to and yeah. discuss about in. Six to 12 months or probably just over then. Yeah. I reckon Golden Pints 24 yeah, is yeah. almost the time to revisit that. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the standards there are so incredibly high and I think we'll notice any dip. Yeah. Um, especially with other venues really stepping their game up recently. I feel like, you know, the quality of venues just keeps going up. Yeah. Um, yeah, really interesting 12 months ahead. But um, I do think it does say a bit about how much cash the Fox Friday guys have. Definitely. Because yeah. that's now... When Richmond opens, it'll be three breweries in three states plus Carwin. It's a lot of risk. It's a, yeah. it's a very strong position they're taking in the independent beer scene. For sure. Especially in Victoria, given they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah, Victoria. Um, yeah. Do they have they have a Tasmania site? Mm. Like, yeah. I've been. Yes, I thought you had. I, I, had, I don't think they were open when I went. No, Parney, I dragged Parney along before we uh, had to fly out. That's right, yeah. I don't think he was he impressed. may have even spoken about it on the I, podcast. Probably. I don't think he was impressed with the pints of brown IPA that I bought. He never is. <laughs> uh, speaking of 
things that have failed in the past. I'm talking mm. about Parney, but it's a bit of a segue. Um, Sydney Beer Week to return in 2024, which is, you know, good news, more beer events. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, you know, good to see that someone's trying to get it up again. I think so, yeah. Um, Sydney Beer Week obviously failed. Oh, I'm going to say before COVID. Um, but it was always the inferior one to Good Beer Week. I think so. I mean, well, Good Beer Week is such a huge success. I know, and I think that's why um, Sydney Beer Week, I don't know, should have worked. Like, well, you know big population. Mm. Is because if they just call it Marrickville Beer Week and well, cut out the middleman and just gave it all the breweries around there, then you can't go wrong. Then it would have been fine. Yeah. Slow Lane's in Marrickville now, aren't they? Or in that area? Possibly? No, they're down near the airport. Ah, okay. Botany, I think. Okay, so Marrickville and possibly Botany yeah. Beer Week. Yep. 2024, can't wait. Although it's Sydney, so it will probably take you six hours to get between the two down on those stupid fucking roads. It's it's not like beautiful Melbourne where we just walk around because we can't get an Uber or beautiful Adelaide where... Ubers take six minutes and cost $10. But everyone complains that they have to drive 10 minutes because it's quote-unquote so far. Yeah. Um, Yes, sorry. Missing me going off topic. Uh, Looking forward to Sydney Beer Week 2024. Um, I have a strong feeling we won't make it there, but we will be looking at... It with interest. I agree. I feel there's no chance that we'll end up there. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah, total, totally like Sydney. <laughs> I refuse to say love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sydney is totally acceptable. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Bad Shepherd have gone into voluntary administration, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do I feel about this? I think it's obviously sad for them. Yeah. It does say something about... Producing good beer. Yeah, I think that's harsh but fair. They are, for a brewery of their size, they're remarkably inconsistent with the quality of their stuff. Yeah. I remember, what's their double or triple IPA? They make that really, really big one. Almighty? Maybe. And I think there's an even bigger version of it possibly. Uh, either way, there was. I remember there was one where we had different years and you one and was I, brilliant. And yeah, one was and we, but we had different experiences yeah. as well. That was the thing. And it's just. I feel like a lot a lack of consistency permeates a lot of their beers. Raspberry wheat is sort of famously batch variant. I understand yep. that's because of the fruit, but Miss Pinky is still good every time. Same so. with peanut butter porter. Yes, and a really, really good beer. Yeah. And I think they did a great job with that, but it is batch variant. And I think that, like, you know, their venue is okay. The food's a little bit overpriced and yep. not as good as it should be, perhaps. Um I think there's just a lot of things. I think I think you're right. I think it's just the competition's tougher. I think so. I think that is literally the issue is that um, basically there's better people brewing better beer or more consistent beer yeah. is maybe the correct way to to say that. On on the flip side, I do, you know, it's a bit of, it's kind of like Mornington. Yep. Um, you sort of understand why these things happen and that the way the industry is moving. But we did have a lot of good times venue with the beers, um, you know, Little uh, Bad Shepherd lagers have got me through a lot of uh, down times yep. and, and up times. Um, and, yeah, they, they do make they do make good beers. Um, Just not consistently enough. Yeah, and I, I think it kind of makes sense. But it would be interesting to see where that goes. It did sound, though, that they had a reasonable chance of coming out of voluntary administration. Yeah. Like, it does sound like it's, a, it's mostly excise, um, what do they call it? When when you got to delay your excise payments over COVID, yeah, yeah, and it sounds like that's basically caught up with them now, and that they'll be looking just to do a docker, um, probably get ten cents on the the dollar for that, and restructure, and off you go. Yeah, I mean, I can't see them disappearing entirely. I think that they probably did well enough from the venue itself and from Victorian Pale and stuff that they won't disappear entirely. I, I, I but it's still indicative of perhaps that some difficulties that they're having in terms of beer production. and Exactly. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, Filter's crowdfunding uh, successful. Yeah, so Filter launched their crowdfunding, I think, this week. Wow, um, already yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah, it was... It was um, they had a really wide range in their... Um, uh, what do they call it? You know, their, their market, the acceptable amount that they'll get take in their uh, okay. range. In their, so um, this is like the, they've they've reached the first barrier of success, but yeah. perhaps not the ultimate success. Correct. So I think the range was half a million to five million, or half a million yeah. to four and a half million, or something like that. It was a 
a really big range. But so on day one they could say, oh, we've already tripled our goal. Yeah. You know. Well, that's the classic Kickstarter manoeuvre, so I'm glad that the uh, beer industry's taken note. Yeah. Um, I did find it interesting, though, when they launched that campaign, they said they were launching it so they could stay Australian-owned. Interesting. But did they limit the crowdfunding to only Australians? Of course not. <laughs> well, I, I, no, I may be wrong. Is, I may be wrong. That may not be he- Birchall or whoever they're crowdfunding with may, uh, you know, limit it to Australians only. And as we've discussed in the past, uh, crowdfunding is not ownership regardless. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. It's basically just saying, I like you, have some money, and I hope you don't go out of business. Yeah. Or I hope you can do this cool thing that you've got planned. Um, they are actually doing more than most. There were like reasonable discounts on offer if you signed up. Okay. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't as much just handing money over. Yeah, yeah. You're effectively buying yourself cheaper beer, I think, in this one. That's all right then. Yeah. yeah. I feel like with I have not supported a crowdfunding campaign for a brewery. No. I feel like when I've done it for other media and things, I – Generally put money in because I like the idea. I don't necessarily think I'll ever get anything back. But the problem is with these beer crowdfunding things is that they're kind of treating it more like a traditional investment, which it's absolutely not. Yeah. Like I do the Crafty Pint one, for example, their subscription or whatever it's called. Yeah. And I think you do get rewards and things like that, but I've never used one. That's more that... I would like the Crafty Pint to continue to yeah. exist. Yeah, and, and that's, I'm happy that's to less crowdfunding pr- than yeah. a subscription. Like, yeah. I mean, and we do subscriptions. Like, we know we've talked about how much we're fans of Slow Lane and oh, Carmen yeah. and so on and for- so forth, but that's sort of directly getting something back. And I'd argue Crafty Pint's the same in that you get yeah, directly but, get Crafty yeah. benefits. And, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas with the filter one, it sounds like they... they yeah, they're going perhaps that route, but they're still calling it crowdfunding. So yeah, well, I think when you're looking for that level of investment, particularly now when it's quite hard to find a sophisticated investment at that level. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. That is, yeah, but that is all to say good on them. Yes. Um, they're a really cool brand. We're big fans of them. And, and clearly it's resonated with people. Yeah. I mean, their it, branding's great. Um, yeah. Beer's nice, I think. It makes a lot of sense that people would jump on it. Um, it's just, yeah, the, the how rapid it's been is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, on to awards that we've missed. And um, there are lots of them, so we're only going to run through a couple. A few. really, yeah. <laughs> Not going to go through too much of it because um, I think a lot of it is water under the bridge at this point. But well, it's so old, some of it at this point. Worth calling out that uh, AIBA's dollar bill backed up their Champion Beer Award from 2021 for Candy Paint with their uh, Gold Teeth this year, winning Champion Beer at 2023. I, have I think it's the other way around, just looking at it now. Okay. Um, <laughs> they have done well either way. Exactly. Um, great people. Um, yeah. Hopefully that Ballarat site, I mean, I know it's been approved now. Yes. Um, yeah, that will definitely be a road trip, I think. Once, Absolutely. Yeah, when that's up. Um, and Moffat Beach have won three years in a row in their champion brewery category. Yeah, which is small. Yeah. Um, very impressive. Yeah, amazing. At the Indies, um, Dollar Bill Gold Teeth uh, won champion beer there as well. Yep. Uh, and Maddock, uh, friends of the podcast, I think yes. it's fair to say, uh, won champion small brewery and huge congratulations to them. And while we're on it, Moffat Beach won champion medium. At the Indies. <laughs> they just, yeah, they must be doing, must be something in the water. Doing something right. Yeah, yeah, well, we will hopefully have uh, more Moffat Beach chat in the uh, Golden Pints coming up. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, brewery and tap room openings. Uh, we'll discuss this more in what we're drinking, but La Serene have opened up their slightly more permanent home in Reservoir. Hopefully, more permanent home. Um, and we'll talk more about that, but um, that is a really cool spot. Yeah. Uh, Sobar have opened their brewery. Where was that? That's the one in the Gold Coast Ah, that's right. Yeah. Thing. And in they, Burley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they are the uh, non-ALK. So I think that's the first fully non-ALK brewery to yep. open in the country. I think you are right. Uh, Moondog are opening at Docklands. Is this in replacement for the Franco Cozzo thing? No, Franco Cozzo is getting off the ground as well. <laughs> Moondog are just finally doing what Collister and I have always said needed to happen and that would make Docklands actually a real stadium. 
is that they have a pub there. Yep. Um, and Moondog are making that happen. I think it's 1,500 people on game day or something. Jeez. Yeah. It'll be huge. Well, you'll still be able to get a seat in North and St Kilda games. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> North Freo may have more yeah. people at Moondog than at the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Smiley Brewing have opened up in Pakenham. Yeah, so these guys had a heap of council issues on the way through, mm-hmm. um, but have finally got open, I think, late July maybe. Yep. Year of the local, we'll hopefully have more on that at some point. Very good. And Valhalla are opening their proper spot in Geelong. They've had a spot there for quite a long time. Yeah, so they had a bar in central Geelong and they are now opening, I think, in the the Mill District area in sort of North Geelong. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Is that so a, near Little Creatures and stuff or? Further north, okay. closer to Melbourne. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Closer as you can, like before you get to Geelong proper, I think. Yeah, 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 those little outer areas. Yeah. That looks to be good. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they've put a, a quite a big brewery in, I think. Just thinking about how difficult it was as soon as you leave Geelong to like get Ubers and stuff. <laughs> oh though, so God. I'm sure they'll have a few interesting sort of little problems there. Probably. But, yeah, good enough. I think that'll be great. Once you get there, it'll be great. Yes, exactly. And then you don't worry about getting home. No, no. Have enough black IPAs uh, <laughs> that you don't have to worry about it. That bloody obsidian. Yeah. <laughs> um, brewery closures. Um, a few, like, a couple of these are old. But I think worth mentioning just because we've talked about it in the past. Um, two birds, um, not super surprising. I'm, yeah, we got down, we got to Spotswood about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad went there another time sort of. It's a bit out of the way to say the least. And I assume that was one of the problems. Yeah. I think great if you live over the in West Spotswood. Yeah. yeah. But not that many people do. No. Um, more people do. I mean, potentially it's something. It's a big venue though as well. I think it was too big for where it was. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to be honest, I could have seen them hanging around, but I mean, I guess once Jane left. Once Lion bought them, it was always going to be sort of a question of whether they kept the beers going at a different Lion facility. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or um, just killed it. And, you know. Which is sad. But here really, we they died when they killed Sunset. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually, you know, sounds facetious, but it's actually but essentially true. Um, but no, plenty of good memories. I think they will always be a formative brewery for me in Australian craft beer. They were, as I was getting into it, Sunset and Golden were yeah huge. Sunset especially opened a lot of mental doors for me. Yeah, um, and like I think. Taco is not the best beer, but it's also... It was an important beer, though. Wheat for... Yeah, as, as far as, like, drinkable, accessible wheat beers go, there weren't too many of those around, so... No. No. That's um, why you play tag on who drinks beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you, can tell, you can tell we're out of practice. Yeah. Um, Fury and Sun also closed down. I was always a pretty big fan of their beers. I liked the way they went about it. Um, this was less... Going out of business and more, they had a good run and they were looking for other opportunities and other challenges. Yeah, exactly. Speaking for eight years or something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, speaking of breweries that are in literally the middle of nowhere. Oh, I didn't even yeah, I didn't even know they had a physical location. Yeah, there. it was more. I'm going to say Keel or Downs. It was way out near the airport somewhere. That is a fair distance from anywhere. Yeah, yeah um, they did not reopen their tap room post COVID. They just. Left him, left it closed. Yeah. Um, it was always more of a production facility than an actual tap room, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it sounds like they just decided they'd had enough and would look for something more profitable to do, but didn't close the doors to coming back. Yeah. Okay. I think they're selling equipment, but not the IP. Interesting. Mm. That, that, fair enough. I mean, they, yeah, their beer was um, pretty good and. Well, best of luck to them, really. I mean, yeah, I don't exactly. have too much more to say. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they didn't have some iconic beer that I'm going to really, really miss. Um, yeah. But I, you know, would happily drink Fury and someone I saw it. So. Yeah. One of the few brewers in Victoria that did a Scotch Ale. True. Consistently. Yeah. Yep. And that was yep. a nice beer. But them and Red Hill and yep. probably no one else. And that's about it, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Epic Brewing New Zealand went to the liquidation, which is yep. devastating. Uh, they did find a buyer, though. Oh, okay. So... I hadn't actually kept up on that. It was too painful. So that's good it was, to hear. wasn't it? Yeah. I remember we we were at 
Otters promised maybe a week after they announced it, and we're like, well, fuck, we better drink some Hop Zombie because it better not be the last well, time. Well, because, yeah, the shipment of Hop Zombie came in sort of shortly yep. before that news broke, and it was um, on tap and in cans, and it was oh. like the golden era again. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, but, no, they've been saved. They've been saved. Yep. So all those beers we know and love will still be available. That's very good to hear. Um, it's their pills, now. They do, like, a pretty good poppy pills. They do. They do a lot of good beer. Yeah. It's been a while, to be honest. It's possibly why they're going out of business. Almost <laughs> all their beers are good, like everyone you think of. They're one of those Kiwi breweries that pretty much don't miss. Yeah. They're just sort of hard to find. It's beer. like buy the epic IPA that comes out. It's like it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And kind of like uh, like your Liberties and your Eight Wides. and Deep Creek to a lesser extent. Yeah, yeah. But it's Bark. Just, yeah. Just do, yeah, yeah, just do good stuff. Yeah. Um, really all those insect breweries that make it here. Yeah, yeah. Buy the hoppy things, that'll be nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, brewery sales, um, 1113, uh, the hospitality group that owns Other Side bought Nowhere Man Brewing. Yeah, Nowhere Man from Perth. Yep. Famous for winning, was it an AIBA? I believe so. I think so. Champion beer a few years ago. For weeks? Yeah, Blueberry wheat beer or something, something weird? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Plausible. Uh, they were bought by 1113. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess better than them going under or anything yeah. like that. So yeah. Best of luck to them. And that's a nice little portfolio 1113 are putting together. It is. It is. They could improve their name. <laughs> Make yep. it easier to they say. Definitely could. <laughs> call it just about anything else that would be an improvement. Um, Anchor steamed sold for about 40 million. Is available for available. 40 million. 40 million. Um, yes, yeah, so they're owned by Sapporo and they're basically put on the market and they're shuttering regardless, right? If yeah, uh, hold on to it. Sapporo are going to cl- we're going to close it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think then there was a GoFundMe for the workers to buy it or something ridiculous. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but that was obviously never going to work. Yeah. Uh, now Sapporo are going to sell it for I think forty million US. Okay. Well, hopefully they get a buyer. The brand is worth quite a bit in... I think the issue is all the equipment's quite old and yeah, all that sort of stuff. But it is, what, about 150 years of brewery tradition, something like that? I think the right person could make it work. Whether that happens is another question. Does the right person have 40 million US dollars, though? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Really, really quick tasting paddle. Um, A couple of fun international pieces of news. Yeah. a worker in China has been in a bit of hot water. A bit of hot water. Yeah, yeah. Possibly in a hot tank of beer as we speak. Um, for an image being taken of him urinating into an open tank of Singtel. Yeah. Which is not great optics to say. No, no. Um, and lots of reports coming out. Like, I think South Korea have stopped importing it now. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you just don't know. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. Exactly. And just making... Just having the self-control here not to make certain jokes. Yes, yes, about Tsingtao already being exactly. similar to that, yes. Um, Production, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> culture. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah. Um, uh, Bud Light um, have been announced as the beer of the UFC, which is pretty funny. Oh, yeah. It's a good yeah. bit. I really <laughs> hope their marketing team is like, this will really upset the people we upset they earlier this year. They might as well <laughs> lean into it. I mean, Bud Light's not going anywhere realistically. Well, it is, though. <laughs> yeah. We're six months down the track and it is going the wrong way still. I still feel like, I don't know, it's, it's Bud. Yeah. You know. I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to back that they will be able to sell enough of it internationally that it will... You know, they'll be able to hold. Where the culture wars haven't poisoned people's brains entirely and they don't even know that there's any controversy about it. Yeah, I, I assume that was probably on the Lost episode where we talked about that. I think that. it would have been that about that time, but yeah. we um, It's been an interesting year for Bud Light. If you are not aware, Google it. I think so, yeah. I don't think we'll have anything interesting to add. Um, not six months down the track. Bud Light being uh, a bit... Blinkered and people being idiots and overreacting. Yeah, it's pretty much just classic beer. Yeah, it's really, it's really good beer areas. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, shows what an immature and petulant industry it can still be. But I think them supporting the UFC is a good bit. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it'll it'll either be really good or really bad. Yeah, probably funny. Probably funny in both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm sure AB Embed will, you know, AB Embed will cry into a sack of money or something. How, how will the uh, 
transphobic people who I assume make up the 99% of UFC's <laughs> fan yeah. base. How are they going to deal with this? Uh, poorly. <laughs> <laughs> but they won't be able to boycott the UFC. It's their personality. Oh, you have to drink it. You have to drink it if you go to the UFC. You can't be sober for that. The fight's only last 30 <laughs> seconds. What are you going to do for the other six hours? Oh, Jesus. Um, all right, we'll be back shortly with a little bit of drinking before we get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. We are back with what we're drinking. Um, and I think we've been drinking a bit, but it's not been quite as... Ooh, like, look at all the cool stuff I've been drinking as I might have thought. Like, honestly, this yeah. is, like, despite the length of time and despite all the stuff we've done, because of, I guess, you know, how things we've been doing, things we've been doing, yeah, it, it has been um, probably less than a normal podcast, to be honest, in terms of what we're drinking, so... Oh, one, um, one thing we could do just off the cuff very quickly is what were your wedding beers, Dylan? I think both of us had some of the best wedding beers going around. Yeah. Um, so I had a two rupees director's cut um, hazy pale. and Which was bloody delightful. It was. And La Serene natural pills. No, they were my two. Which was also bloody delightful. Yeah. And I got through far too many of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yourself? Uh, yeah, so I had... Uh, uh, Hop Nations The Buzz mm-hmm. and Hop Nations The Chop. Yeah, yeah, which both went down way too easily. Yes. Um, it, the, the high ABV was my only. I was wish, wishing for a Melbourne fog yes. at some point, but I understand. They were, was, their calls were made. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you would have tried. I, they, I sent through a list of four with reasonable ABVs because that was one of the... Uh, Brewers they could get things from. Yeah. Um, but it was in the middle of them changing their packaging over, mm. which is why we couldn't which get... done very recently. Yeah. yeah, which is why we couldn't get Rat Dog. Yeah, okay. And that also killed Melbourne Fog. There was next to no supply. Yeah. And the girl was like, you could have J-Juice. And I was like, that's a worse idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Buzz and Chop were both. They went down. There was certainly no problem with how they were going down. No. Um, and I guess you, you also had a couple others... Pre drinks, you had Wolf of the Willows, Homage, and I wouldn't know I wasn't there. Okay, <laughs> there was Wolf of the Willows, Homage, and some mid strength. Um, I don't know. I, I drank like three Wolf of the Willows. I yeah, didn't, good. Didn't, didn't even look at the mid strength. Um, I was yeah very hungover and fanging for a beer. <laughs> you don't want a mid strength in that situation. Maybe maybe you should have a mid strength. I don't know. But yes, no. I think we both did very well, and I have to actually reach out to uh, both breweries and say. Thank you. Thanks, and here's some pictures. I'm pretty sure I will have some somewhere. Um, especially with two rupees, I think that will be. Yeah, they'd like that. Yeah. Um, although they, they did know that they were supplying it for that, so whereas I'm not sure if Lazarin did. Anyway, I think that was cool, and that was a good call from you to mention that because I think um, apart from Tofa from Wildflower, like brewing his own hazy pale yep. for his wedding or whatever he did, I think um, that's yeah some of, some of the best wedding beers. Better I've selections seen. than oh, most. Yeah. As I sit there drinking some disgusting cab sav. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to do that at a wedding. If you don't have a, a few glasses of flabby red, then what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, it is interesting, though, because we've be- both been to a ridiculous amount of weddings and even our, our beer-minded friends just seem... It all seems to go out the window. Completely. Not focused, prioritization is not high on their list. They're too focused on their, their wife-to-be and their guests and their families and not focused enough on not letting people drink Crown Lager at their weddings. I w- was still shocked by mine. My venue, which was always going to charge a mozza for anything. Yeah. The increase t- from whatever crap they normally offer to Hop Nation was a dollar a person. Yeah. And, that's and I was like, what do you mean a, at $1 per person? You're already spending a lot, so it's like they, they don't understand what they're doing. They're just like, oh, yeah, this comes in from the supplier and it's all about the same. And I was like, okay, that's that works for me. <laughs> that was a great result. Mm. Um, speaking of La Serene and breweries we love, yes. um, we went to La Serene in Reservoir. We did. Um, decent little trek. It's a long way. I, I don't – like. I'm fully aware of where Reservoir is, but every time I try and go there – Fuck, it's a long way. 
It's just there's no quick way to get to Reservoir. <laughs> no. That's that's the problem I would say. There's no shortcuts. There's no you go at 2 a.m. and it's super fast. It's like, no, this is always going to take Get on St. George's away. Road and just drive north yeah. until... <laughs> Sit there and, yeah. Um, and then when we got to the venue, um, really, really cool space inside, but it's sort of like... Looks like someone's house, basically from the outside. You got to open. Yeah, sort of yeah. like a weird Not warehouse house crossover. Yeah, and like so, you have to open a gate. And we're kind of like within the right spot, but once we get in there, it's very last rain. It is um, similar vibes to the last barrel room. Similar but better. I would yeah, say. yeah. I quite I liked it. It felt you know. And as you noticed when we walked in, ah, new roof. Yes, new roof. Yeah, uh, no, no asbestos. No asbestos <laughs> yeah. problems. Um, I did ask Costa if that was that they asked for that or if it was already there, and it was already there. Yeah. Just a convenient. Uh, yeah. uh, I think you said it was a sign from God that this was the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I love a lot of things about that venue. I think mm. one of my favorite things is when you go to the bathroom, you walk past all of that aging oh my bottles God, I know. and like stuff, and it's just like I'm gonna grab a little crate and <laughs> take it to the bathroom. Take with them me. with me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, we the fact that we got out of there. Only spending a disgusting amount of money and not yeah. our mortgages, like you know, that's that's the amazing part, I think. Um, because it was such a great bottle list, tap it list, was, um, and the food was really good. How good were the little um, God, what even were they? Giant beans. Yeah, the beans. Yeah, um, we had a few less like little snacky things. It's very like sort of tapasy, small. Yeah, um, we had some meatballs and giant yes. beans with bread and like. This is really high quality. Um, I was. I remember the pickled onions on it was stunning. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, all just really good to be honest. And it was like, this works really well with this disgusting coffee red thing we're having. Disgusting in in a good way. In the best way. Yeah, yeah. And we had the first beer that uh, they brewed at Reservoir. Yes, yes. Which that says on Delac. Yeah, yeah. So that's Um, with the new local fort flora. Yes, yeah. I think um, one of the other highlights of the visit that we just quickly mention is, I think you noticed this, uh, they have listings on all the barrels and one of them just says, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was my favourite. It's yeah. like you just walk past and say, farmhouse red, yeah. this date, you know, uh, something with Jeff this day. Yeah. I don't know. It's just <laughs> so beautiful. And, yeah, that really tells you all you need to know about last stream. But honestly, like, if not for the fact it was in Reservoir, we'd be there a lot more. Yeah. I'd still had yeah. really awesome time and we'll try to make excuses to go back there whenever possible. Yeah. Highlight beer for me, I think, was the Seven Sirens. That was the farmhouse red with the coffee mm. from Seven Seeds in it. Yes, yes. And I really like the um, – I like that beer a lot too. I like the, uh, the Saison Deluxe, which I yeah. think was straight. Yep. Yeah. Saison, but, but very – I believe Very so. wild. There, there were a number of beers that day, Dylan. I may be yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, really impressive. Um, had a really good time. Indeed. Um, next up, you wanted to mention Garage Project's Descent to the Dungeon of Dankness. Yeah, proper old school West Coast IPA. I would have completely missed it, but Mick from Otter's Promise said, why haven't you bought this? <laughs> and you're like, why haven't I bought this? <laughs> well, actually, he gave it to me. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah, it was like on him. That's um, great. I went back and bought three more. Like it is. Well, I was probably... a. a yeah, judgment. He, he was he, he was aware. Yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. <laughs> um, but no, that's I think probably leading my best international mm. beer of the year. Very interesting. No, that was a stunning West Coast IPA. If you like the old school dank ones, obviously. Yeah, and you should. Uh, yeah. Why are you listening if you uh, <laughs> if you don't? Um, we went to a bottle share, like a sort of wintry. Stout bottle share um, and had some really, really good beers. We did. Um, I think there was a couple of standouts, um, which we can just sort of quickly give thoughts on. Um, bottle Logic's Continuous Ignition. You may have to remind me exactly which one this was. Um, one of the ones you brought, I believe. Yeah, they, these were both mine. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough. Uh, this was Bourbon Barrel Age Coffee Caramel Rye Imperial Stout. Was a continuous ignition. Yeah. And it was definitely, it was one of those ones where we'd been drinking a lot of good beers before then, but then you open that one and it was like, oh, all right, this is, this is a level up. Yeah. Um, Cause we probably had like six or seven before that. At least I would have thought. Um, it was early-ish in the night. It was, it was. Um, we did, but it, yeah, I remember that being a clear standout throughout the night. Yeah. Um, there was probably what, 
40, 50 Imperial Stouts there and we probably got through 30. Ish. Yep. Yeah. Um, big group. Don't worry. Yeah. We, we, won't. we won't. Wasn't just me and Dylan no. sitting there <laughs> drinking 30 Imperial Stouts. Hire an Airbnb and grab a bottle of <laughs> shit. <laughs> just take all of our Stouts down there. Oh, God. Just so the girls don't notice. It's, a little, on the it's a little bit real. <laughs> Look, make it chuck in maybe one or two other people and I could see it happening. Um, and the other one was the Starward. Is it just Imperial Porter? I think they called it Vintage Porter. Yeah, which you found, which is very much stretching the bounds of what can be a beer. Yeah. Uh, so it's Vintage Port and then ER ah, in parentheses. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, it's 20, 23% or something? Yeah. Tw- um, 22.4% alcohol, yeah. 2015. And it was bloody great. It was, wasn't it? I do think it was split the right way. You wouldn't have wanted a lot more of it. No, no, yeah, we had it. We were probably eight to ten people, right? Something like that. And it was a 500 mil? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, about 50 mils each. And that was probably all you needed. Yeah. Because uh, you would have gotten in trouble, I think, very easily. It drank way too easily for 22%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, really, really cool beer. I can understand why they did so few of them. Yeah. Really glad you got onto a Carlin sale. Yeah, that was a Carlin seller sale. I think um, that was a great result. There was a lot of other really good beers that night, but I think those ones were the were the overall um, standouts. Yeah, I also liked. I think there was one called Paste from some Canadian brewery, which yep. was good. Yeah, I, I think it was I a Canadian think... brewery and an Italian brewery collaborating or something. It was like a biscotti imperial stout. Oh uh, yeah, I, I reckon I remember that one. That may have been the, the host's uh, decision to yeah, get that one. That was nice. Um, Our third Moon, I reckon, was the Canadian brewery. Yeah, I think I, I can see them here. Um, the other fun thing was that we had another Sanctum Coco. Oh, we did from uh, Pajala. Yeah, um, which one was not not one, but it was the standout from the year yeah, before, and like sort of yeah, roundly considered the standout, and um, was still really good. It was, yeah. And um, that coconut had held up well, which I was a little worried about. It often goes weird. Yeah. It like gets oily. Yeah, and gets like, yeah. Um, I think there was only one bad beer all night, which we don't, I guess we can probably say it was like Sierra Nevada. It was a Bigfoot variant. Oh, that was disgusting. Like orange and cinnamon and stuff. And clove. Like, and it was just a clove bomb. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Like every other bloody beer. Like, yeah. like, why do people do this? Clove is such we're a beat, We're being through this, Dylan. They're clearly not cooks. I'm not going to buy. <laughs> Anything chai or cloves, just like it just kills doesn't work. Beer. Yeah, there are certain flavors that just don't work. Yeah, um, and that is one of them. So don't do it. Don't bloody do it. Um, you wanted to mention something you had in Morocco. Yeah, well, I I have done the hard work for anyone who goes to Morocco. Yep. There's not a lot of beer in Morocco. Yeah, um, but you want to drink if you do end up there. You want to drink the flag, but the silver one. <laughs> I think okay. they're all there's flag especial. So Flags of Brewery, Especiales of Beer. There's a gold label one, which is disgusting. So it's a Moroccan macro? Is yep. that basically yep. it? Yeah. Yep. So the they don't do craft. Yep. They, there's no, no craft. Yep. They're all macro. Uh, but the silver label one, which I couldn't work out the difference, like from the label, what the difference between the silver and the yeah, gold yeah. one was. The silver one's really quite nice. The gold one's not. All right. If I ever see that, um, yeah. You should have smuggled one back for me. I know, I know. 250 mil stubbies as well, mostly. Like they're, um, it's a strange way to drink beer. It is. It's like a fun, fun format, but probably like half of what you need in Morocco. Uh, at least half. <laughs> yeah. The, the one fun story I will tell from that is that we were uh, had a, sort of an afternoon. We had about three hours in the afternoon free. Yeah. And so four of us sat by the pool. And was like, oh, there's a bar we can get drinks in yeah, the pool, yeah. sort of thing, and got a couple of beers. And then they closed that bar, so we had to go walk around and find another bar. And they, after two or three, they closed that bar, <laughs> so we had to walk around and find another. Bar. Well, clearly the, the solution is just order twenty flags. Well, maybe that beer. was the answer. They were like, crap, we're running out. We don't have enough beer to, <laughs> to supply these people. No, Eliza thought we needed more beers, and so was on a mission to find the beers. Yeah, well, so <laughs> good on her. We survived. Um, she's not incorrect. No, no. We did also have some Moroccan wine, which is not bad, but hideously overpriced. I can imagine, yeah. yeah. They probably wouldn't be able to make heaps of it. but the, They make the, quite a bit. A surprising amount of wine. Yeah. I mean, the climate's good. Yeah. Like, it should should be good. 
as we said, I still remember someone was surprised about why they grew olives in the north of Morocco. And I was like, because it's 10 kilometres from Spain. We've literally been on the ferry. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's 10 kilometres away from Spain. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's the thing. It's the same with wine as well, I imagine. Let's yeah. Sort of like, you know, we are literally over the border from some of the best wine in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like, I guess, you know, Muslims, uh, Morocco being a Muslim country, obviously not super keen on alcohol, understandably. Yeah, quite. It's an interesting relationship with it. It is, yeah. I think it's accepted in um, certain Islamic countries and less accepted. They are a very moderate Islamic country. And like uh, our tour guide was saying that uh, basically if you're between 18 and 30 and Moroccan, it's as long as you're not morally opposed to it, it's sort of okay to drink. Yeah. And I, I've, you know, yeah, that's certainly yeah. reflective of what I saw at uni and stuff in my personal life. So um, that makes sense. I, I imagine it's something like Malaysia where it's around and stuff and people who just don't drink it just completely ignore it. Exactly. It's certainly available if you want yeah, it. Yeah, if you want it, yeah. Um, finally, speaking of places that hate alcohol, um, Two Doors in Ashburton. <laughs> um, because, which was Look, a, I think it's easier to get alcohol in Morocco than <laughs> Ashburton. <laughs> well, until, until, yeah, until a year ago, which I th- think we always, yeah, Joked mentioned well, we always tell the story that, you know, it was a dry zone, basically impossible to get a beer in Ashburton, which is weird because it's just a suburb. Yeah. Nothing special about it. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Two Doors Brewery, I believe, we spoke about last year, just after it opened, maybe. It's got to be last year. We've yeah. done very few podcasts this yeah. year. Um, and so I went back there, um, tried a bit of food, mm. uh, had some more beers. Beer quality is better now. Good. Um, I think it was better than when we went there. Um, food is nice. Uh Expensive, but Ashburton. Yeah, um, probably cheap for Ashburton, expensive for yeah. brewery. <laughs> um, yeah, it was sort of like $20, $25 small plates of stuff. Yeah. And like it, was, it was nice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, nothing super special, but surprised at how many different, like, dark beers and stuff they had mm. on tap. Um, so, like, I think they had, like, a Dunkel, a Dark Lager, a Porter. like an, Coming uh, an out of stout. winter. Maybe didn't yeah. sell as much as they thought they would. Possibly, yeah. But I was more just surprised at how many... They bothered to do. Yeah, almost. just, yeah. like, how many old school styles they had yeah. on tap. Like, you know, just a lot of... It's a real dad brewery, but it's in... Ashburton. Uh, yeah, a modern <laughs> suburb, so it might survive. Um, and also probably... Fits the cash button clientele. But, yeah, um, cool place. We'll, we'll go back at some point, no doubt. Um, but Absolutely. just quickly mention that. And we should probably talk about the monkish beers we're drinking because I think we yes. flagged that earlier. Yes, we did. Um, so we have had, so far, we've had Long Grooven, which is a... Uh, Dangerously drinking hopped lager. Yeah, so it's an, it's an IPL, but they call it a cold IPA. Well, in fairness, they have put that in brackets. They have called it a hoppy West Coast lager, brackets, cold IPA. I just don't understand what the problem with IPL is. It's Neither a do totally I. fine designation. It tells you it, exactly it what it is. It made sense. Yeah. It was a hoppy lager. No, don't, get, don't, don't get us started. Bring it back. I'm sure we've done this on the <laughs> podcast multiple times before. Um, and we're having Brain Waves w- Swell, uh, which is double dry hopped India Pale Ale, which is predictably excellent. Yeah, um, again, dangerously drinkable for 7.3%. And, and whatever alcohol. disgusting amount the cans would have cost, I imagine. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, I do, I was sort of saying to you off mic that hazies are tough because you're like, oh, I've heard so much about monkeys. I'm so excited to have this. You sip it and you're just like, it's a really good hazy. Yeah. Um, but they very rarely are like, this is going to change my life. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. I, again, I think we've probably done this to death over time, but... I can't think of a hazy that I would have ever given a five-star rating to. Yeah, that's fair. I had one. So I, the exception I would say is like double and triple ones. Sometimes I have them and they're, they're borderline transcendent, yep. rarely. But um, I think I gave one a four, seven, five late last year. Yep. Um, but, but you yeah. can't remember what it is, can you? No. Because <laughs> all the breweries have stupid names and stupid names, and they all and, and, and all of them roll into one. Yeah, it was from New York. I remember yeah, um, it's probably one of the Finback ones. They were real good. No, it wasn't Finback. I'd remember them. Um, okay, yeah, we talked <laughs> about it in, in the yeah. Golden Pines last year because I'm pretty sure it won. Go back a year ago. Beer. Yeah, um, but yes, um, I think these are awesome beers um, and yeah. really cool to try them. Um, I actually probably thought the Brainwave Swell was like. The hazy was better, but like I think the long grooving was more interesting, like and more intriguing, mm. just because it was like 
This is shockingly drinkable for six yeah. and a half percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really cool to try. Um, this was from the, the sort of recent Carwan event. Probably not much left. Uh, they were they only had three out of five left when I got there about two hours after they posted they were available. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, they they see how strong the demand is, yeah. and yeah, um, have events like this in the future. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Cool. I think that's it for what we're drinking. Yep. I'm happy with that. Let's just move. podcast or I just don't remember because it's been a little while since we've done this the ranking of lagers is we take the leading lager from every country based vaguely off a mix of gut feel untapped. cultural impact untapped check-ins and so on and so forth and availability and availability <laughs> yes in Australia probably key at this point mm. um, and we were doing three a month now we do one yeah I think we can almost we, cut the three yeah <laughs> we, we do one a month and we rank them into a master list uh, we have done 45 yeah. countries so far um, the bottom five from bottom to fifth worst are Timmy Soriana from Romania Jesus. Habs Blue Ribbon from Parts Unknown Chris Kenya from Peru Vonu from Fiji and Sagres from Portugal Oh, something to look forward to for you. I um, guarantee you that that keg that we've got at our Airbnb is, is going to be yeah. sagres. And it will probably be bloody great. Yeah, it? it'll be the best thing you've ever um, And the top five from five to one are Kingfisher from India, Kilmaz from Argentina, Carlsberg from Denmark, Tenants from Scotland, and at number one, surprising nobody, Pilsner Urkel from the Czech Republic. Um, today we have Efez from Turkey. 100% malt, apparently. 100% malt. Um, <laughs> they always say that, and it's like... Normally the ones who say that are not good. Well, it's also like I just expect there to be like just a, a bottle of powdered malt. <laughs> so you, don't, you have no water, no water or hops or yeah. yeast or anything. It's just, yeah. I it's think, just oval tea. I think in these disappointing countries they're trying to say we haven't used sugar to make this taste like, you know, this alcohol. But that's the thing. It's like I don't care if you use sugar or rice or whatever. You if have it tastes to use. good. Yeah, you should be hitting your marks for, for body. Whatever you're doing. For, yeah, and... Doing what uh, suits you. So 100% malt, Mediterranean slow brew, whatever that means. This is the rebrand that they've done recently. Because I was looking at it, I was like, that's not the FS I used to know. I feel bad because I know it's not true thinking about it for more than 10 seconds. I probably would have said FS is Greek if you'd asked me. <laughs> because I just feel like it is just slow and like Mythos is such yeah. a nothing beer. Yeah. Um, and FS is really the same. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like they they are both pretty nothing beers. So I'm interested to see how this goes. Um, it is a fucking enormous company. We should start with that. Yes, let's go through a bit of information. It's the sixth largest brewer in Europe, eleventh largest in the world. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got operations from Turkey to Russia. So it's sort of Kazakhstan, Moldova, Ukraine, Georgia, all the way through. They they are still actually owned by themselves. That's cool. Yeah, they've got like this weird novel partnership with Saab Miller, I think. Yeah. And like, so they, you know, brew distribution and yeah, so on. Yeah, brew and so bits in various countries for them. I think mostly in Russia, they brew like Miller, Miller Draft and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, in Turkey, mark and distribute Miller Draft as of 2000, Bex as of 2002, and Foster's Lager as of 2005. Yeah, the only place that people have <sighs> is apart from England. Yeah, I know we love our market share stuff in this. We do. 84% in Turkey. Actually <laughs> lower than I would have tipped. Uh, I think so as well. What else is taking I'm guessing share? Heineken has the other yeah, 16. Okay. Like it's the only it's not, it's not Turkish beer. I guess that's probably the... Yeah, I think that yeah. has to be the... Because when I hear that, I'm like, oh, what, what other Turkish what? beers are selling? But no, it's probably just all the macro crap. Because even like the little brands in Turkey, the things you think are little brand, like they have this wheat beer called Gusta. And you think, oh, that's different. No, no, that's Efez. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the the, the Mexican lager is called. Like it's mariachi. It's not mariachi, but it's but something, something like that. Like, yeah. like it's something vaguely Mexican. Desperado that's or, them. yeah, that's them. Bandito. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All of those. Um, yeah. In Turkey, this is basically what you can get. 
and the first one tastes nice and the 400th one tastes bad. Yeah. But a couple of interesting things about the actual labeling and stuff. They yeah. have the Play-Doh on there. I did notice that. Yeah. What is 11? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 5% alcohol. Yep. 330 mils. Um, there's not really anything else worth noting on there, I don't think. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, it feels weird not having this with like a, a kofta or a kebab. Or Has anyone actually had one of these without one? Yeah, well. <laughs> is this the first time? Um, possibly. And it is a... We could probably take this off air. Yeah, we probably and should. We'll, we'll for just, where, we'll where we should take this air. And then just come immediately back. All right, we are back. A fairly brisk discussion, which they often seem to be, um, which is what I miss about doing three, as we used to have <laughs> a bit more to think about. But um, This yeah. one I think is fairly obvious. Yes, it is. This is going in at number 36. So just squeaked in ahead of the real wall of shame, the sort of bottom 10. But, yeah. Um, sort of the, the, the ones below this were bad. Yeah. This is not good. But it's not bad. I think it's cardboardy. Yeah, and it's sweet. Yeah, and it's just—it's got that. It's got a very bad nose. Which it's I, filthy. I, isn't yeah, it? it's really not pleasant. It always—it's in that sort of marker. To yeah, sweet marker, <laughs> which is really selling it for you. I hope. Yeah, yeah, but it is. That's what it smells like. And the taste is slightly better, but it is a bit flat. It's a bit. It doesn't. If it had five percent more bitterness, it'd be nice. Yes, I agree. It is not crisp or refreshing or no. rounded or anything. It is just kind of flabby and unbalanced. But and I think if we put the aforementioned mixed grill plate in front of me, yeah, it'd be quite nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is again the point of this exercise. How yeah, do they actually stand up of their food, yeah. without their food next to them? Um, and I just yeah, I don't think it's great. No, um, it's but it's not hideous. No. I think it's crafted the way they want it to be crafted and it suits a certain palette and yep. it suits a certain environment. But And that is not your co- your kitchen table on a cold day without food. Yes. <laughs> while we record this podcast. I agree. I agree. Um, but having said that, that's that's sort of the it's probably pretty much vaguely the um environment for all of these. So I think it's at least keeps it consistent. Exactly. which you would have just heard. Hopefully. <laughs> Otherwise something's gone terribly wrong. All right, I'm going to stop the uh, ASMR voice now. Um, bottom five at the moment, uh, Lab from Serbia, Sagres from Portugal, Vonu from Fiji, Kuskenya from Peru, Pabs Blue Ribbon from Parts Beyond and Timmy Soriana from Romania. Top five are from five to one, Kingfisher from India, Kilmers from Argentina, Carlsberg from Denmark, Tenants from Scotland, and as always, Pilsner Erkel from the Czech Republic. If you have not listened to this before, somehow not heard one of our most famous segments, at least in our minds, um, every month we will take somewhere between one and three. At the moment, it's getting harder and harder each time, so it's usually one, but we've got two this month. Because exactly. We, only because we got Because we recorded one six months ago. <laughs> But we were basically trying to take the main macro lager uh, and, you know, we can get into the definition if anyone wants to know about it, but we do generally most check-ins or just what is generally considered Biggest. the main. Yeah, yeah. You can usually, it's a gut feel thing, you can usually tell. Yeah. Um, from each country and we're just basically trying them, ranking into each other. We're not trying to get them super fresh or anything. These are meant nope. to be shelf-stable beers. Uh, they're meant to drink well in any condition. And so, we're just and if they're still them. selling them on the shelves, that's the way normal punters would buy them and drink them. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, totally agree. And so today I was really surprised we hadn't gotten around to doing... Um, Austria. Yes, but Austria, yeah. So we're, we're doing Austria. And uh, we've got uh, Steigl. Yeah, Stiegel, I think, Stiegel, is yeah. as close as we're going to get. Um, so this brewery's been around uh, since 1492. Yeah. And is still family owned. 
So it's is it even? I mean, I guess it must be macro, but like, yep, yeah, yeah, it's macro. It's the biggest beer in Salzburg, yep. which is the obviously the biggest. Uh, uh, well, the second biggest city in Austria behind Vienna. Uh, and the problem is I think all the Viennese ones uh, sort of uh, cannibalise their own market share. It's a real shame we don't have a Vienna lager. I know. Lagers, but the, yeah. <laughs> this is – well, there are some, which is the thing, because I went to Austria oh – God, it's probably six or seven years ago now. It's quite a while ago. Yeah. And went through all of them. And, like, the ones in Vienna are mostly Vienna lagers. Like one is called Puntigama, I think it is, mm. and it's a their their like main beer is this beautiful red Vienna lager. How how could you leave? Oh, it's a stunning, no, a stunning country. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Dad and I nearly ended up being left behind because we were that hungover. But you know, <laughs> you know what fixes a hangover? A nice Vienna lager. <laughs> um. The the timeline on their website is amazing, and the highlight one I'm going to point out is that in August 1780, Mozart drank it. Yeah, and we know this from his sister's diary. And she basically said, "Yeah, had a beer, pretty decent." Yeah, basically yeah. went down to watch some skittles at the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the take home notes: five hundred and thirty odd years of independent brewing. And yeah, onto the beer itself, it is a. Um, it's 500 all in, ml bottle. Yep, it's all in German, so I can do that for you. Yeah, sure. It, it is a um, it's a Marzen, I think they call it. They call it Austria's classic Marzen beer. Yep, it's 12 degrees Plato. Interesting with the Plato again. I was going to say that seems to be a running very thing. European proper yeah. imported bottle as well because yeah. it's all all in German. Yeah, I was going to say if, Literally, you have to, if you have to read it, then the it's only on. part that's not in German on the whole thing is on the top label up yep. here where it says 100% recycling paper. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense, which is probably an EU thing. Then. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. Uh, and the other fun fact is that it's called Goldbrew. Mm. They applied for this in 1912 because it had won every award in Austria. Interesting, And yeah. so it's the gold-winning lager. Yeah. So it's Goldbrew and uh, Wide Sin. Yeah. No, very interesting. Gold all over the thing. Um, luckily, this bottle is not 500 years old. It is not. Um, it's looking in pretty decent condition and it's smelling pretty nice. So Beer looks nice. Yep. Uh, nice lacing. Nose is not good, but it um, tastes. That's really nice. It is. <laughs> it genuinely is. Yeah, that is actually very good. Like, I, I agree. I was, the nose was a bit, um, I was making a very pained face, as I often do during this segment. But no, that was, um, yeah. There's a lot of malt there. Like. But there is hops too. Yeah, yeah. There's like some noble hop character on the back end. Very grassy. Yeah. And then sort of slightly, got that slight sort of metallic, almost that hint of like sort of acidic malt, Mm. like acidulated sort of malt character just on the back end. And then it's sort of balanced out by this almost lye-ish chemical kind of note that kind of comes down. It's not strong, but just kind of like, it almost eases out the. I imagine it's probably a hop. Extract. I think it's a hop thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it like eases somewhere out. in that grassy thing is coming across as almost. It's not quite as, as aggressive as like marker. No, no. And <laughs> but it's, it's on the way to. It's somewhere between grass and marker. <laughs> yeah, and it's like almost a little bit soapy without being soapy. It's very hard to say. Mm. It's kind of does similar things to your palate that soap your, does. What your does. mouth yeah. is being left slightly coated and slightly oily. Yeah. That's an interesting beer. I have no idea where this is going to rank. No, it's pretty interesting, but it's definitely tasty. I like it a lot. Yeah, I happily would drink a lot of this. Um, and I think on tap especially, this would be a really, really good beer. It's getting less less of those bad characteristics every sip. I think that first sip really coated the mouth in this sort of oily thing. And then it's sort of becoming just a sort of sweetish malt grassy bitterness. It's definitely on the bitter side yeah. of macro lager. Especially given the amount of malt, which mm. you would normally think would cover that up. It definitely has that macro malt character. Yes. Uh, that, that, yes. that very, very <laughs> slightly acidic, sort of almost slightly off. I don't know if, it, if off is the right word, but just. It's very Australian macro lager in a yeah, strange way. Yeah. I think if it had pride in it, then oh. it would pass for. Give yeah. us some dirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it was. 
that's the thing. It's almost too clean. For, yeah. Um, on some areas. Um, I think this will require a bit of discussion. So I think so. Uh, we'll, we'll be back momentarily, but perhaps longer. All right, we've had a bit of a discussion and it's pretty high. It's good. Um, there was some really real discussion about, you know, does it crack into... The five. Yeah, um, and it's very close, but we've decided it goes into six. So just above Gulmak and just under Kingfisher. Uh, so what was our reasoning, do you think, for this? I think it drinks like it's in the top five. Yeah. But that knows... Is hard to go past, as is that slight oily texture. Yeah, I think there's a couple of little markdowns. They're perhaps perfect imperfections that are meant to be there. Yeah, like it's perhaps sort of the, the kind of. And I think if you were drinking this with the fatty Austrian food, like if you think about this with a sh- with a pork schnitzel, it would be unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like that. That oily thing would really no, no, totally would I, work I really it. quite nicely. And like, yeah, like a half sign of this, with yeah, like a pork knuckle or a full sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think it would be hard to go past. No, true. But the point of the exercise has always been without food because so many of these we taste with food. Yeah, and we just we said that in the FS thing yeah. as well, where it's such a food beer. Um, and so many of these are. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm I still think that. Six feels about right. I think it's a really high quality beer. And like we were sort of talking about the other ones and it's sort of like, well, you know, we've got a lot of good stuff in that 10. So it's genuinely hard to break into. So I think there is, you know. Like there's genuinely good beers down, you know, towards 20. Like Heineken, a good Heineken's excellent. Yeah. And I think a few I remember of that those. wasn't a great Heineken. No. Like uh, we had, I remember we had a really not great Heineken, uh, not great Windhoek. Yeah, I reckon. Yep. Um, Moretti was famously not good and still ended up 12. Yeah. Um, Sapporo yeah. at nine. Like, I reckon there's a lot of people that if you read this to would say Sapporo would be higher. Yeah. I mean, it depends what you're into as well. Oh, um, absolutely. And, yeah, it's nice though because I think we've had a lot at the midpoint and lower. Yeah. Um, Recently. So it's been a long time since we had a top half beer. Yeah, so really nice to push something up there a bit. And, um, yeah, really, really enjoying this. Definitely going to drink the rest of it, which is Absolutely, nice, so. which is a rarity sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had, had a few go down the sink as much as we don't like to waste things. But, you know, sometimes you're drinking a seven-month-old macro lager and you've got nothing but good IPAs in the fridge and you're like, what am I doing with my life? That toner, I still remember that. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't great. Um, the Vonu I remember too. There's a yeah. few of these that were pretty bad. I actually think I drank all of the pubs, but that was just sheer bloody mindedness. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I'll say, I quite enjoyed Sagres in Portugal. I reckon we had a dud. Very possibly, but I think that's kind of the thing, right? Like, so I that's think, it. I think Singer's a pretty good beer. I think Tiger has its place. Um, I think Bintang is actually quite a nice beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I like Shopskyo, the Macedonian yep. one. And there's plenty we've had in the past together. Like yep. I remember like we've had like a Tusker and stuff. Really yep. like that. Uh, 333s have had plenty of yep. good ones. Yep. Of. Um, but that's the game. Yeah, that's why it's interesting. That's why we do it. Exactly. Uh, we'll be back to finish off with We're going to finish up with Noz's Cellar. I think we called it The Cellar for a while, but this is definitely a, a Noz's Cellar. Yeah, this one came from my cellar. Yeah. I think it changes depending who brought the beer. I've been living in my cellar for a while. <laughs> Noz is pouring, but um, we are having a Garage Project Single Fruit Apricot 2020. Um, so long-time listeners may know that Angus's favourite beer is uh, the incomparable Fufun from um, Cantillon. Um, and this looks in that wheelhouse, vaguely. Yeah, did you know this is 7% alcohol? <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Um, yeah, from the Garage Project Wild Workshop. That I imagine that's tart, judging yeah, by your very face. Sour. Very nice. It's very sour, though. Just first sip, yeah. 
Um, yeah. I did say from the nose when you yes, said it was too foony. Yeah. I said it's also got a bit of brewery in it. Yeah, like the palate stripping, oh. truth enamel, rotting. I think in um, ten minutes when my palate's used to this, it'll be quite nice. Yes, I think it'll be delicious. Um, we're going to take another invisible break, I think, and um, come back with some findings. Yeah. We are back. We have had the uh, Garage Project Single Fruit Apricot 2020 Harvest. Um, thoughts? Very acidic. Yes, very, very acidic. I think there was lots of nice apricot flavour there, but perhaps almost touch buried by the acidity. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, 10% less, we probably would have got more of the sweetness from the stone fruit. Yeah. I think it was maybe just a touch unbalanced. I'm very nice still. Yeah, I wonder if that's a fact of ageing it for as long as we did. Well, given this segment is about asking, did we crack it at the right time? I mean, it's actually hard to know. That's the thing. We need. We kind of need a a, um, a fresh one to yeah, to yeah, know that like for to sure. Benchmark it off, and then if you like brewery sours, yeah, brewery brew or whatever that is, yeah, terry or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then it's in the right spot. Agree. Yeah. It's high high end acidity um, and probably less like rounded fruit and more like you know aggressive acidity. Um, I don't think it's a thumbs down. No, but it's not like an. It's not an overwhelming thumbs up either. Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely, but I don't think it's going to improve no. going forward. No, I think they almost should be drunk when yeah. they're released. Almost like yeah. do these things, yeah. Based off this and, like, the ones I've had in the past have been pretty spectacular. Um, usually have them when they're newer, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, certainly enjoyable. I think, um, as always, these cellar beers are a good fun to try. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Great. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us through the usual channels. Yep. Um, Dylan at beeroclockaustralia.com, Angus at beeroclockaustralia.com. Facebook, Instagram. Whatever else you can think of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, whatever we're forgetting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we're available on every, basically every platform. Yep. So, yeah, just um, jump on, follow us, get in touch with us. Send three questions. Yep. Thoughts, um, et cetera. We'll, we'll be around more regularly. I hopefully. Think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a reasonable thing to say. I, I, We've set the bar so low now. Yeah, exactly. More regularly than what we've been, I yeah, think we can I think at it's least fair. promise that. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not quite regular. the heyday of the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not normal podcast regular, but you know, somewhat regular. Yes, yes. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back soon.